Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. If you want to hear the show, you can find it on Family Life Radio. If you want to find a station near you, you can go to myflr.org or stream it online. We have Darlene Santor with us. She goes as Coach Dar. And uh, you have written the book, The Art of Bouncing Back, Finding Your Flow to Thrive at Work and in Life Anytime You're Off Your Game. And uh, you have worked with, you know, executives, professional athletes as well. So this is exciting. We can't wait to talk to you. Your new book, you said it's a masterclass in resiliency. Love to hear a story of what you've bounced back from. You know, first, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so grateful. And when I first started writing this book, it was supposed to be just a chapter, The Art of Bouncing Back, but it became a whole book because I, I had a lot of material and a lot of people have a lot of material. We're, we're having to bounce back, you know, from things all the time. And in life, we get taught how to run business. We get taught how to play an instrument, but no one's teaching us the mental tools of how to actually handle life, how to get better at bouncing back. And I wish I could say I did not have as much experience, but mine really came from the early start when I saw my mother go through a heart attack. She went through a triple bypass. It mm. was at 40 years old. Oh, wow. And yeah, early. And But her faith and her resiliency, she worked three jobs. It was incredible what I watched her bounce back from and how she did it, not knowing that how much that would help me later in life. And then I started out as an occupational therapist helping traumatic brain injury and stroke patients and spinal cord patients have to help them bounce back from the most extreme odds. I mean, my whole career was built around that. And then at 25, I had gone to go see a chiropractor. I'd hurt my back. And when they manipulated my neck, they ripped the artery to my brain oh. and I bled in the brain. <gasps> What? And suffered a stroke. Yes. Oh, One my. of those just freak incidences. But I just bought the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, was going to start a family. And everything changed at that moment. Mm. The trajectory where I thought life was going changed. And I wish I could say, Fritz, that it was my only challenge that I had. But <laughs> I, you know, I'm 47. I've had a lot of bounce back and I've had three strokes total. And the last one was just wow. about three wow. and a half years ago. So sorry, man. That's yeah, yeah. That's tough. <laughs> so I've had <laughs> to build some resiliency here. <laughs> yes. Wow. So what are some steps to actually bouncing back? How did you how'd you do it? Take us through that journey that's led to you writing this book. For, well, I would say the the main thing that's helped me bounce back is having faith. I, I say all the time, I'm not sure I could have endured what I've endured, nor ha- I think don't think my family would have if we didn't have faith. So faith was at the center of it. And, you know, Jesus says that we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us, you know, through him who strengthens us and that he will not leave us or forsake us. And when there were times where I didn't know how I would get up the next day and, and how I would keep doing this, I thought, well, he said he's never going to leave me. So he said he will give me the strength. I will find the strength. But I needed to get up. I needed to get up in order for him to be able to give me that, to start going. And so you know, when I wrote this book, I started creating the principles that I use that help people really develop this kind of masterclass on how to bounce back. And the first principle is embracing it. Mm. And you have to be able to 
well, the military term is embrace the suck. So I know it's not a fun <laughs> word, but there was no, every time we kept writing this, there was no other way to go around when you go through something and you're like, this just is not, it's not good. It's not good. So right. I, I, I come alongside and I'll say to people, first, I want to acknowledge that this is not easy. I want to acknowledge where you are, but we've got to learn to embrace it so we can move from it. We can move into it. We can move through it. So I have to start there to help them build the other principles. Love that whole idea. When you talk about your why power, what what is that? This is so good because so many people want to will themselves through something, something, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to force myself through it. And if you think of Jesus, he's so much about flow. He, he, you know, he just, I think of how I would have loved to have seen how he just walked this earth and I could imagine it based on obviously what we've read, but when he was so aligned to his why, his purpose, he knew exactly the mission he was on. And when you know the mission that you are called on, why God has called us here, and you could really hone in on that. And I share principles of how to do that you get lit within. You don't need a fire lit underneath mm. you. you. You have a fire yeah. lit within you. And so my why is not tied to a role. It's not tied to finances. It's not tied to a job description. Mine is to awaken greatness. And I, I understood quickly after, especially after a couple strokes that I thought, well, maybe I just cash this all in. You know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not going to do this the same way. This is, this is hard. And then I really heard like God was calling me. He's like, I, I called you for a mission. And I learned real quick that my life is not about me. He gave me a gift and I'm just a vessel to go share this for his glory, Amen. for his purpose. Mm-hmm. And my why is he's asked me to help people step into the greatness of what he's calling them to be really for the greatness of him. And by helping them build their confidence, by helping them bounce back, by making sure they don't call this game before it's called, before he calls Mm. them home and giving them the fuel they need. So they're lit within so they could then share their gift. But you get driven by your why power, which is God's calling and purpose. You're lit within. You don't have to keep willing this. Mm. You don't have to carry it on your shoulder. That is too heavy. He came to lighten the burden. So when he gives you a mission, he's actually lightening the burden because he said, I called you to this. There's nothing you can't endure when you're on mission. You know, and when it, you're called, when you're follow that there's, you know, God's never to call you something and then leave you high and dry. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Yeah. No. He's a the opposite of what he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. He equips you for yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Makes a lot of sense. You say that <laughs> this is one of the things that's so difficult for me too, because I, I there are so many days where I'm like look in the mirror and I'm like, who are you really? <laughs> What's mm. going on? And you say that just understanding who you are is one of the first steps in the bounce yes. back system. How were you able to do that? How were you able to accomplish figuring that out? I think that's one of the big questions we all pursue. This, you know, When I was thinking about these principles, once I got you to embrace, okay, we're in it, here we are. The very next step is I want to remind you of your fundamental hardwiring, how God created you. Because when you write down how God created you and you start making a list, ask people, hey, when, when you, people ask you, how did they describe me? What would, what would you say? What do you think my gifts and talents are? Start taking inventory, three, four, five trusted advisors around in your world. And I call this your confidence card. 
And your confidence card is like the scouting card in sports. You know, what is your confidence card? Start writing down the God confidence things that he has fundamentally hardwired you, gifted you, the abilities, the talents. You could do your Enneagram. You could do the disc profile. You could do elemental profile. You could do all of these to also start to see that you're going to follow a same hardwiring and all of these assessments. And you're going to ask people about what makes you and you're going to do in your own personal inventory. And then you start writing them down. These words that make you a person of integrity and character, a person who's really good with structure and innovation, whatever it may be. And you start looking. And once you do that, when life gets hard and you hit adversity, I always remind people, go back to your confidence card, go back to how God hardwire you because you could lose a job, mm. you could lose your finances, you could even lose some of your health, but your hardwiring you did not lose. That doesn't get taken away. God gave you that. That's his that is another superpower he gave within you that only you have. So when you lean on that, how do you not get back up and not have that confidence? God confidence. Amen. That's cool. I like That's that. awesome. I do too. You know, one of the things you talk about is reframing the setback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and how do you do that? It, you know, some setbacks are hardcore, difficult. And what do you talk? Mm -hmm. How do you reframe the whole thing? Let me tell you a story on that about reframing it. So reframing it is, I call it reframe the game. Reframe the setbacks is you have to reframe how you're seeing it, which is perspective. So when I was 25 and I was told I couldn't have children because of the stroke, because if the blood clot dislodged, I could live. I mean, the child could live, but I could pass. Mm -hmm. So they said, do you want to have a child without a mother? And I said, no. So then I thought really quick, well, like, why is this happening? How can I reframe this? And I will say early on at 25, I didn't have all the answers, but I reflect now later on. And, the, and I say this because I'm now 47 and I had to go to the neurologist. And recently, just not too long ago, he said, Dar, did I hear that you thought all these years you couldn't have children? And I thought, I go, um, well, hold on. I didn't I didn't think this. I was told this. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, because I really believe all this time you could have. And I what? thought, wait a minute. Oh, what? Goodness. I said, I have literally been on my own for a long time because I didn't want to bring that burden to someone else. And I say this because I got in the car and I thought, God, <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm receiving this information right now. And I happened to be writing the chapter reframing setbacks when this happened. Wow. And I was like, well, I mean, this whole book, God, it's been so humorous because he's like, here's just a little test for you to practice this just yeah. to make sure you could speak on it. But I reframed wow. it because I said at this point, okay, again, I have had to embrace it. There is nothing I could do. I cannot change all these past years with the situation. However, my reframe was, if God wanted it, he would have saw it through. Number one, shift the perspective. Number two, I've been able to serve over 100,000 people in my career, meeting them where they are, on the mm -hmm. mission field. In the And mission field, I mean, that could be an office, a house, a, a field, an ice hockey rink. It doesn't matter. I'm meeting people where they are. And because I've had this journey being on my own, I've had more agility to meet people. Whereas if I was tied up necessarily with my family, which if that's what God wanted, I wouldn't have been able to serve at the level I had. So there was a reason for this and where God's called me. And that's the reframe because you could see, you could see the purpose in the middle of the adversity. You know, I'm kind of impressed. I don't, I don't like the word kind of. I am. <laughs> 
in that if there was ever something that you could be bitter about, wow. Yeah. I mean, that is like Seriously. the ultimate sucker punch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa. Okay. And then I literally got in my car and I'm like, all right, what are we going to do about this now? What yeah. are we gonna, because I know if we, yes, you, you think about it, you talk about mm-hmm. it. I shared about it to people, but then I thought, well, God, I mean, that's why faith is so important. Yeah. But if, if God wants to see something through, he will see it through. True. There is no stopping what he's going to do. So I thought, well, he must not have wanted this for a reason at this moment. Mm. Wow. So I accept it. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. We all, life is hard. <laughs> we oh, all have little yes. stories of unexpected things, you know, knocking us down, which is why I appreciate this book and even the title bouncing back. It's just perfect. I had a car accident and literally broke my Mm. neck and i remember Mm. i'm so relating to what you're saying because i was on the couch and i needed a reason to get up and get going again and Mm -hmm. it seems to be you know that mindset Mm -hmm. that takes you Mm -hmm. that you've got to find someone something somehow that is going to uh give you a reason to do the hard thing which is to begin to recover for me it was getting a yorkie (laughs) Oh, I needed something to get me up off of the couch and get going again. And it sounds funny, but no, yet there are good. just different ways that God provides for us to begin mm. to bounce back. And so I, mm. I find one of the other, the hardest things to do in these moments of setback, because it's hard. You can take three steps forward, but then you <laughs> ooh, you get down, knocked know. down again, you know. It, whether it's loss or frustration or stagnation mm-hmm. or fear, it's hard Mm-hmm. To not find that uh, glass half full, you know, it's hard in those moments to just want really to is. give up. So how does this gratitude that you're talking about um, influence the move forward? I want to recognize that it's hard because oftentimes <laughs> I'll go, okay, uncle, like we're good. We're good. Yeah. We don't need any more. And, but I will tell you, that's part of the reason why I wrote the book. Like God really inspired me to get this out there was because we haven't been taught the skills. We're not in this enough. Just like you have to go and you have to have walk, you have to move to keep your cardiac health up. You have to do these mental skills, exercises every day and practice it on the little things. So someone cuts you off in traffic, you're delayed, you know, someone might trigger you. There's things that happen that make you frustrated. They make you where you want to react. And by doing these things that help you bounce back so you respond better, you show up better, you lead better, you're doing it in the small ways every day starts to help you when the big things come. Mm. And gratitude is a part of that because we know we're going to endure suffering. We know that things are going to be hard. But again, I look at it and say, well, one, I've been doing the work to stay mentally resilient. You've got to get gritty. You've got to see this through because what is our other alternative? Unless he's calling us home, he needs us to still show up. We are not to be spectators of our life. We're supposed to be the Mm -hmm. starter in the game that he's calling us to play. Wow. He Mm -hmm. needs us to be the starter. This is, we are winning the ultimate Super Bowl eventually. (laughs) So he needs us to show up. And part of showing up is shifting your mindset from being bitter to being grateful. And that doesn't just happen the day that the incident happens. No way. That's why it starts off with embrace the suck. I've got to meet you where you are. But then we're going to get to, we're going to get to reframing it to then saying, okay, now that we've, we've got a little distance from the pain, 
could we start to see where maybe some of this, what we thought rejection is a redirection? Could we see where some of this pain became our purpose now or our test became a testimony for him? Wow. That's good. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really relate well to that. Uh, you, so I think everybody's pretty familiar with the phrase raise the bar, but I love how you <laughs> talk about it and not only doing that for yourself, which I think mm -hmm. that's a pretty crucial thing, but I don't guess I ever thought about like raising the bar for others as well as I'm working on myself. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, I get so fired up about this one because this is where, you know, working in professional sports and even some CEOs that I work with, they're constantly raising the bar on the standard of excellence. And so just imagine God brought us to the, he created such beauty. And if one, we have to hold ourselves to a standard of excellence, but we have to help others see that this is what the standard of integrity looks like. This is what the standard of excellence looks like. This is the, what the standard of even grace and gratitude and grit. But when we raise the bar and we do the little things really well, people start to look at us and they'll go, well, I've heard about this faith thing, <laughs> but I watch you now walk this out. And I watch you walk this out every day. And now you've raised the bar on how you live. And now I actually could see this in motion. And now I could believe it because it's hard to believe in the things unseen, especially when you're going through hard times. But when you see someone walking it out, and that's why when my mother went through what she went through, 40 years old, triple bypass, and she just, the way the standard of how she held her way and coming back. My mentor, Mary, who lives in the Holocaust where she never got bitter, but she got better over the years because of her gratitude. And, you know, they were pivotal. And when I started Bible study with them and Vinny would say to me early on, he goes, you could be a better leader. You could raise the bar. And that's where this whole principle came. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you got off the phone. You're like, you weren't fully as authentic and transparent as you could be. He's like, mm. you could do better. You could raise the bar. He goes, and when someone calls, don't tell, don't say, tell them I'm not here. You're here. He's like, I want you to think about everything you say, how much it weighs. And that if you start making small cracks in the foundation, the house is going to fall. So everything you do, you start doing with excellence. You start holding a standard and you raise the bar. So when people are around you, when you walk in the room, they're like, Dar's here. We're going to win. Because she's not going to lower the bar. She's going to elevate the bar. And I was like, well, yeah, that's what I want. He goes, well, you sure as sugar don't want to be the person that when you walk in, they're going, oh, she makes the shortcuts. We could get away with this. He's like, absolutely not. You are, mm. you are representing something way higher than you. Raise the bar. Hold the standard. Everyone will rise up just by watching you walk it out. Wow. wow, that's good. <laughs> I think we got our pep talk. Yeah, before. right. Uh, <laughs> I'm fired up. But yeah. it, it really just takes that other focus, which is not just yes. necessarily natural for us. And, you know, right. speaking from experience, it's so easy to fall into the woe is me no matter what our circumstances are, because it's all mm -hmm. subjective. So yes. I, I love this whole at the core of what you're saying is it's got to be about something more than just me. Uh, mm -hmm. I need yes. to see myself as able to make a difference in somebody else's life. Yeah. Love it. I needed that yeah. conviction today. It makes sense when you are, you look, look at like that, uh, others are dependent on you. Mm -hmm. yes. That helps you raise yeah. your game a little bit. You're, you don't want to let mm -hmm. anybody down, mm -hmm. you know. It does. We're responsible. We're responsible yeah. all together for each other and, and how we live is a reflection of our thinking too. 
Because if we're centered on Christ-centered approach and mentality, we're going to live in a more Christ-centered way. Yep. And how would he ask us to show up right now? Amen. Right. Hey, you talk about cultivating grit. And when I think of grit, I think of John Wayne and you know, <laughs> true grit. Uh, yeah. How do you do that? How do you get, because I know what that means. Um, it, it, it's a different attitude. How do you get there? Oh, grit. I'm ta- grit. When you start really leaning into adversity and adversity becomes a friend and not a foe in a lot of ways, you just mentally start getting gritty. And one of the ways just ho- sidebar for a second is, you know, p- there's this whole movement of people going in the cold plunge. And I, I put oh, a lot yes. of players in the cold plunge <laughs> and I do it. I do it myself. I do, no, I don't want to get in 37 degree water. It's fr- freezing. And I'm in Arizona. I don't want to be in the cold. But the reason you do it is you're building mental fortitude and grit. And you are showing that you can endure the things that are uncomfortable. And when Mm -hmm. you start putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, they start to stretch you and mold you and show you that it's in the uncomfortableness of time and life where God takes us in the wilderness that actually grows us. Mm -hmm. So the grittiness, grit develops growth because it's where we sit with it. Instead of running from it, you stay in it. You know, when you get in the cold plunge at 37 degrees, your body starts to, you (laughs) are breathing fast because your body is going, flight, get out of here. (laughs) And you have to calm your nervous system. You have to breathe and you have to say, no, we can't run because this is going to help me, not hurt me. And that's the same thing we need to do with adversity when it comes and going, this is going to teach me something on the other side of this. I will be stronger. We don't develop our grit muscle you know, our grit muscle when it's easy. By the way, we don't develop our faith grit. By the way, when everything's going well, we develop our faith grit and belief when it is hard and we're going, God, where are you? And are you, hello, are you coming? Are you saving me? What are we doing here? And he's like, he's just sitting there probably watching going, I need you to get a little bit more grittier. Hold on. Like stay in that cold plunge a little longer. You're coming out at some point. But it's, it's serving you. It's mm. serving you. So you start, stay in it. And that's how you develop the grit. Faith grit, emotional grit, mental grit. I uh, worked for a radio station up in Michigan, and they had this thing they did every March called the Spring Swim. And let's just yes. say this. In March, it's not warm yet up there. <laughs> no. And no. Uh, we, we dove into this lake. <sighs> all, all I can say is... I've never been so, you feel alive. I mean, if if there's any, you are just like the most alive you've ever felt in your life. Yes. I don't know. I haven't gotten back in though. I I know. But scientifically, scientifically, it literally (laughs) sent you all the dopamine, oxytocin, like everything, all of our happy adrenaline comes when you do that. That's why you felt Mm. the most alive. Plus you did something that is so uncomfortable and you proved to yourself like, I just did that. Imagine if anything that comes up in your life, you're like, have more courage, less yeah. fear, have faith, do it. Mm. That's the grit. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, uh, we ask everybody that comes on our uh, show one question. I love the variety of answers. What brings you joy, Coach Dar? Being able to serve in the way God's called me to. Someone asked me recently with this book tour and city to city and traveling and it's It's the schedule is mayhem, but they said, is this hard? And I said, no, 
this is not hard. This is an honor. Mm. This is a, I prayed for this opportunity. I asked God and he gave me this opportunity. No, this is not hard. This is an honor. And serving people to step into their God driven purpose to reach their fullest potential, to make the, leave this world better than they found it. I get to do that for my profession. Like <laughs> there's nothing better. I, I there, there's just nothing better. So this brings me ultimate joy. Speaking about God brings me joy, you know, and, and honestly, listening to family life radio hey, brings woo. me joy. <laughs> it does because worship and the stories and people sharing their stories and the worship music. I mean, it renews our faith all the time. What you fill your mind with determines how you're going to feel. You are all filling people's minds with the things that are going to help them. Mm, that's good. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Are you yeah. from the Northeast? Yes. I, uh, <laughs> I say talk and call and coffee. Uh, <laughs> that's cute. I heard a little slide. It's sliding in there a little bit. Yeah. 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 I oh. recognize it. I, I lived in Jersey for five years and I was like, I know this. This is cute. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Italian. East Coast that just does not leave. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. It's a fun accent. The art of bouncing back, finding your flow to thrive and work in life, and anytime you're off your game, Coach Dart, thank you so much. Thank you all so much. Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast, heard on Family Life Radio. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.